Hello? Hello? Who's this? It's Lydia. What's up, Lydia? Um, where the heck are you? I'm six minutes away. Six minutes. Okay. Um, can I have yeah. anything waiting for you? I've got my old dog if you want to meet him. I have water. I've got energy drinks. I've cough. Anything in the world I can bring for you. One of everything, please. Okay. One of everything will be waiting. The dog. For, including the dog. All right. Be careful coming here. See you soon. Okay. See you soon. Bye. Your name is Stryker? Yes, it is. That's fire. <laughs> wow. I love sandwiches. It's called tuna on toast. I, I, I spit. I don't know what I'm doing. I love music and I love those that create it. Stryker's here. Tuna on toast. Yes. Tuna on toast. Yeah, this episode of Tuna on Toast is brought to you by Hammer Toyota here in Southern California, out there in Mission Hills. We've been working together for about nine years and the relationship continues in all ways. Not only do they back this podcast, Tune on Toast, but I started my new job on Alt 98.7 in Los Angeles and I just found out they're going to sponsor the afternoon show that I do with Booker. So when you do need a car, lease a car, you want to sell a car, trade it in, please support the company that is so loyal and so nice and will treat you like a rock star. They are Hammer Toyota, and check out the website. That's a great place to start. H-A-M-E-R, HammerToyota.com. All right, my guest today is Lydia Knight. You know, she says in the interview, so I'm comfortable saying she's only 21 years old. She's been in professional bands since she was like eight years old. You're going to hear in this chat with Lydia when she was 12 she played the South by Southwest Music Festival and toured in a band. Like, she is made for this. And one of the many things that I really respect and love about Lydia is her strength. She's powerful. She's self-aware. She's also totally electric on stage. So go see them play. In fact, they're going to be playing Coachella 2022. This interview with Lydia Knight was done November 2nd. She knocked on my front door. I let her in. We went in the Tuna on Toast studio and got this sucker done, and it was really fun. Well, why have I waited so long to release it? It's because during the interview, she revealed and wasn't supposed to that the regrets, and she named another band, were going to be playing Coachella. So right when the interview was done, she nicely said, I wasn't supposed to say that. Can you guys take that out? I said, no problem. But when I listened back to it, it was the excitement from me and her was just, it was so authentic and it was so fun. I didn't want to edit it out, so I thought, I'll just wait until the lineup is officially released. And that's when I'll put out the Lydia Knight uh, Regrets podcast. And that leads us to this moment right now. Of course, the lineup is out. The Regrets are on there. Wallows are also playing this year's Coachella less than two months away. And let's get to it. She's got a great story. She's full of wisdom. The Regrets are a great band. You know I'm enthused about them. Here she is. Please welcome to the Tuna on Toast studio, the one, the only, Lydia Knight. You have these exact chairs. I have these exact chairs in green. Oh my God. And I love them, but my cat, these ones are in way better, uh, way better looking because our cats have torn ours up. A lot, which is terrible, oh. but yeah. <laughs> I got them specifically for this room. They're so nice. And just, I was like, I need something comfortable, mm -hmm. but not 
a cafeteria chair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're perfect. So how long have you been at this house? 15 years. 15? Yeah. Oh, tuna on toast. Yes. <laughs> it's a real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. I love it. It's all coming together. We have similar pants on. Wow, yeah. The high rise like dickies. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay, here we go. Three. <clears throat> so excited for my guest today. Not only is she incredibly powerful on stage, she is powerful with her words. The incredible Lydia Knight from The Regrets is at my house. Yes. Hi. What the heck is going on? Not much. Um I love that intro. I feel very empowered right now. Thank it's all you. true. Everything I everything I just said. <laughs> and you. a couple of things I want to get out of the way. Uh, in June of this year, it was the two-year anniversary of you calling the radio show I used to host and telling me happy birthday. Oh, my gosh, and I don't, yes. I don't know if you know how I said that to you. I told you how much it meant to me a, couple, a month after that, and it's still means everything because I Aww. think about it. I've thought about it on my birthday two years in a row now. I missed it this year. And the year enough. before, but it's and okay. The year before. <laughs> no, you don't have to do anything. You already did it. Now. It's one of those things it's that approves. One and done. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, someone does something really nice for you and it's a selfless act. Yeah. The person on the receiving end will remember those things for life, which is exactly what has happened with me. That makes me, me so happy that you remembered it. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Of course. I'm going to get you next year. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Um, so here you are at the house and I asked a lot of guests this straight away. Were you thinking, what the hell am I, what is tuna on toast? I think I know who Stryker is, but what is this? Yes. <laughs> yes. I knew obviously who you were, but the name, as I asked you when we were outside, I was asking about what the name came from and I love it. I think it's so funny. It's also really weird because I kid you not before this on my way here, or actually before I was on my way here, the band and I, we were all um doing like making some videos and doing some content random stuff okay and we were having this whole conversation about eating tuna for breakfast <laughs> and because drew was ordering um from some place on postmates right and they only had like all this like meat stuff and we were making fun of that and we were like well breakfast is kind of weird to like have tuna and i was like well a lot of people eat toast like tuna tartines or like tuna on toast yes which is very very weird they're going to be really freaked out when i send them a picture of this because yeah they had no idea there's a couple <laughs> guests coming up who asked if i can name the show when they're here avocado on toast because they don't they're eat meat and i said absolutely davy havoc from afi when you are on the show, we will be avocado on toast that day. Are you going to get another sign? Yes, I am. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The rotating. Like, I love that. Yeah. That's incredible. Hey, over um, throughout the pandemic, there are yeah. people out there in the world um, who really, really thrived. They were out of place pre-pandemic, maybe not in the best place. And kudos to them. They did amazing. I am yeah. someone who not, I did not do great during the pandemic. And as a result, I made some serious changes over the last five months. Yeah. What was it like for you? Where were you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's mixed for me because I definitely didn't do very well and definitely dealt with a lot of my own struggles. Um, and a lot of, am I allowed to curse? Yes. A lot of shit came to fruition for me. Um, and a lot of, you know, I felt like my mental health was really put to a test and I learned a lot about myself over that time, which is was clearly very hard and not fun to deal with. But 
at the same time, because of that, it ended up being a really important time in my life and in a really, I, I wouldn't, I can't say I um, wouldn't change it if I could. Obviously, I would change it if I could. But I, for myself, I'm happy that I had a moment of that sort of forced growth. Um, was it forced I'm, growth because you had so much time on your hands and you were twiddling? Yeah. I'm not saying you were twiddling your thumbs no, at home I doing was. nothing. But. Literally, yeah. And I think it's when you're sitting alone with yourself, It's there's that side of it, but then there's also the um, just not touring and that whole crazy huge part of my life being stripped away really forced me to look in the mirror in a different way, um, which was terrifying and it horrible is. and yeah. really hard. But now I'm so happy again that I, um, you know, learned all about myself in the ways I did. That is great. Now, did some songs come from that or is it so personal and you would have to be so vulnerable to put that out there that you haven't done that yet? We have actually like all, I mean, pretty much all, if not all, I'm trying to figure it out now in my head. I think every single song on our album. Which is, as we sit here today, the album is not out yet. Yeah. We are yeah. like two days past Halloween as we sit here oh, right now. Yes, yes, not out. <laughs> but um, but it is finished and it, it was all written in that time period. And mm. it is really vulnerable and it was really painful to write a lot of the time. But, um, or more, it was more painful like after writing a song. Because normally when you're in it, or at least for myself when I'm in it, I'm just kind of word vomiting and getting it out. And um, it feels really good and therapeutic. But then after the fact, sometimes you're like, whoa, oh, oh fuck, right. that was that was dark. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when you're word vomiting, mm -hmm. it's not just you in a room. I mean, you've got bandmates and a producer and yeah. maybe even a co-writer with yeah. you. So it's easy in front of them while it's happening. Yeah. I mean, it, that's what was really, really cool about writing in the pandemic and over Zoom, which I thought I was not going to be down with at all. And then when I tried it, I was like, oh, this is amazing because I'm able to take breaks and like we take a lunch pause on our Zoom and I go and write lyrics mm. alone. So a lot of times I was writing them alone and then sort of just like texting them over and be like, is this good? Like, do you like this? And then they'd be like, great or like maybe this line you should tweak or whatever so it actually allowed me to have a lot of take what I needed from a session and um really benefit off of you know both of our creative sides being used in the in the most um safe feeling way possible and so um but then if I sometimes I was also writing lyrics in a room and like with the band we all went to Joshua Tree and wrote for 10 days. and Oh, nice. Yeah, and so that was really intense and crazy. Like, okay, hold sitting. on. I have yes. questions about, for, I want to get to Joshua sorry, Tree sorry. In, no, in 10 this seconds. This is my whole thing. <laughs> when you're on the Zoom and you've yeah. got lyrics, is there yeah. any music that's written or are yeah. you just saying, these are my words, we'll figure out the melody in a bit? Normally, so normally chord, like progression or whatever, um, some sort of, tidbit of music is what we would start with or what I'd like to start with. And so sometimes I'd be writing with someone who's a, also a producer who would send me like a little start or something. And that's how I really love, I love writing that way because I just run out of ideas like mm. for chords and I run out of those ideas, but I can come up with melodies and lyrics all day long. So it, um, that was super helpful. So we'd have like some sort of musical start and then maybe I'd start coming up with melodies or we'd come up with melodies and then, pick a few that I should write lyrics to. And um, sometimes I'd write lyrics with the people I was writing with, but most of the time it was 
alone or mm. revolving around. It was always revolving around my stories and, and life. But And are um, they words that you're actually writing down in a book or a lot of people, you know, write, say some ideas into their phone? Yeah, I, I love notes. I was using notes most of the time. I like love my, notes too. I, what I do in my love work. it. I love it. So I was just on my laptop and like had my notes app open wow. and was writing notes. And yeah. then also what's cool about notes, you can share your page. So I would like share it with whoever sometimes and then they could see it or make edits or add ideas. Um, yeah, it was so cool. And vulnerability, and I don't have to tell you this, but everyone should know if you don't know, vulnerability when it comes to art means it's going to last a long time because it's authentic. Yeah, exactly. And people can connect to you being freaked out about who you are. Like, I think at the end of the day, that's, that is what's most important. All right. So you're on Zoom, you're making a couple songs, and then the band says, all right, it's the pandemic, but let's get to Joshua Tree. Yeah. So did you stay in the same house out yeah. there? You yeah, did, okay. we were like, how do we see each other and how do we be creative together without putting anyone at risk? And um, also just getting out. We were all just like, we need to leave Los Angeles. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so we all kind of quarantined before and got tested and then went to this house for 10 days in Joshua Tree. Was there recording equipment in the house? Yeah, we brought oh, nice. we brought like our own little setup <laughs> and just had this setup in the living room. And it was so weird because it was like this whole beige, like covered in all of these like really weird, like nothing made sense in the house. Like the furniture, was, it was all like mismatched TJ Maxx kind of stuff. So it was like the most unvibey, like unvibey, like least, um, you know, least vibey well, yeah, situation. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Marshalls, but when you're in Joshua Tree it was and you want bizarre. to create, yes, but you and had not, the outside maybe to be a create, help create. Well, it also right? wasn't, it wasn't like Marshalls, like someone styled your yeah. house with Marshalls, <laughs> home goods or whatever. It was like people just, it was like just the most we- the weirdest mishmash of fake flowers and then this weird football poster and then the, like it was just made no sense but that's i loved that because that was so unlike any of our environments and it was mm. all we did like we couldn't stop writing we just had a dining table that we had a whole little setup and it was all day every day and i've never we didn't expect to do that at all we expected to maybe get a couple songs we wrote 10 songs in 10 days wow we were just nonstop going and it was like we were like by the end of it we were so exhausted and were you drained. on each other's nerves at all after that much time and getting 10 songs done sometimes like a little bit but naturally we're very much like siblings so if anything gets on our nerves it's it's nothing that the person is doing it's always just like go away right. like it's yeah. always just like i just don't want to see you right now yeah but i don't even think we did on that trip honestly it was so fun it was so fun I'm so curious about the songwriting and getting those done at this house in Joshua Tree. Does everyone set their alarm for 10 in the morning and say, all right, 11 a.m.? Or how did it work for you guys? We would just naturally, my bedroom was like right attached to the kind of the kitchen and like living room, the whole common area, I'd say. So the second that anyone was awake, I was awake. Like if someone was out making a coffee or whatever. So we kind of all naturally wake up around the same time, I guess, because we were going to bed at the same times right um and hearing each other i don't think we ever set alarms which was super nice too (laughs) where did the song monday uh not where did it come from but like was that an early song you guys got done yeah that was one that i wrote on zoom okay that was a zoom session with um tim pagnotta who 
produced half of our album and also Michelle. He's worked with Neon Tre- Trees, yeah. Yeah. the band Coin, yeah. and, uh, yeah. uh, Walk the Moon. Yeah, he's so good. He's so cool. And he's, um, just because I loved writing so much with him and loved his production he was already doing, I was just like, we need to work with this guy. And then Michelle Buzz, who's an amazing songwriter also, um, the three of us wrote it on Zoom. And it was one of those times where it was just like, I need to... I'm going to explode if I don't get this out of my system. And there's something about, it's almost like for me, when you play a show and you're in front of a massive crowd, it's less scary than playing in front of 10 people. Right. There's something about the Zoom thing that like should be so scary and should be so weird, but because it's just, it just doesn't matter. And I could pretend my computer died if I wanted to and yes. hop <laughs> off, which I never did. I never did for the record, but I could have. And I think knowing that I could have, and I was just in my house and my cats were there and I was like, made it really easy to spill my guts out and, and kind of rant about whatever I was feeling. And then, um, so yeah, it was, it was a really important song to write. And I'm, I'm so happy that it's the first one that we're putting out from the album. It's one of those songs where if, you didn't have your lyrics in there. The music makes me feel a certain way. Yeah. Then I listen to you about pulling the two eyelids yeah. down, and then like yeah. it's just my sign is like, like, oh my god, okay, yeah. I'm feeling everything she is saying. Yeah. That's another great thing about the regrets <laughs> is because of the content and the musicianship of your band, a dude like me who I'm old man. No, you're I get not. so yes, I am. I am so into the regrets. Standing <laughs> next to like a fifteen or twenty-five year old at your shows, with the same bead of sweat coming down my forehead yeah. as them, Aww. with the same enthusiasm as them. So I love uh, that. That means so much. That's that's. I mean, the literal goal there. So thank oh, good. You. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. Awesome. And the video is really well done. Thank is Olivia you. Rodrigo in the no? Yeah. Oh wait, she's in there. Yeah. Is that her at the end? Yeah, she's DJ. She's the DJ. She's spinning those. She's looking tunes. at her phone. She's like, hold on, everybody. Oh, yeah. There's so many songs here. Let me go. The do. homie had to come in and put on the the song. <laughs> yeah, she's had a great uh, twelve months or so. Have you known her for years? Yeah, for a year. Oh, you know her for a year. Oh. Yeah, which has been crazy, like watching that whole process and everything and watching her go from, you know, just being on it. Like we started talking when she was filming her show, like High School Musical. And then yeah. I remember her, or I was on the like live stream for Driver's License when it came out and talking about it with her and like, wow. just remember how excited she was. And she's just so... She's so talented and she's fucking, she deserves everything that she's gotten and more. Like I, I, I'm so excited for what her future holds. Like yeah. she's incredible. Yeah, definitely. Um, before your first EP came out, Hey, yes. Was there a goal that you personally had when the regrets became the regrets? <sighs> I mean, I've always many goals, but also no goals in one. I feel like I have, because I've been in bands for my whole life, right. it feels like, and just been playing music for my whole life. It's all the, my, like, that's just who I am and what my identity comes from. A lot of it. Um, I actually, I'm going to correct myself right now. This is what I've learned in the pandemic. Okay. Not my whole identity comes from that. Interesting. That's whole what you, big thing topic. you learned in the pandemic. Yes. That your self-worth does not have to only come from being in a band and being on stage, and being right? on stage, yes. Okay. So that's why I like stop myself because I'm so used to being like, well, that's mm. the only thing I do or the only thing I'm good at. But anyways, um, yeah. So, so 
Wait, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about um, the goals of the band early on. You've been goals, in a band yes. your whole life. Yes, thank and you, And so Ted. here come the regrets. This yeah. maybe your third or so yeah. band. Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, no, I think the goals change, but it's always been just a lot of just for my own fulfillment and wanting to connect with people and, and feeling like I am most myself when I am connecting with people through music. And it it's my form of self-expression which is such a like cheesy I feel like thing that everyone says but it's true it's like that's that is a musician's way of feeling grounded and in tune with other humans you know do you feel like you have to always uh compete with yourself based on your past successes like okay you do yeah I think naturally I don't even think about it really that much but but I think naturally there's always you're always trying to outdo yourself. And I don't think that'll ever stop for better or for worse. I think it's like a blessing or a curse, not um, feeling content in where you are. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that people that are going to listen to this podcast or watch this podcast are going to be new to the regrets yeah. because of all the new songs you were putting out. So just a little bit of refresher course, if yes. you don't mind. Let's do it. You've got three other bandmates. Yep. You've got uh, 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 Janessa, Drew, yep. and Brooke. Yes. Where did you guys meet? So Janessa and I are the only OG Regrets members. Um, and Janessa and I met at School of Rock like forever ago, which is so weird. It's like so crazy how long I've known her. She's truly like my sister at this point. Um, so we met at School of Rock and then like reconnected and um, joined forces and had made the Regrets. And then Brooke and Drew were both connections we made through Mike, who produced our first two albums, okay. NDP. Um, and he saw a video of Drew, once our drummer Max left, he saw some video of Drew through Henry, who was someone who was working at the studio okay. we were recording at. <laughs> saw this video of Drew playing at The Smell, and we were like, oh my God, who is this kid? Is he yeah. a band? Like, what's his deal? Like, we need him. And we like fell in love with him when we met him and we're just so excited. And um, yeah, and then with Brooke, it was it was kind of a word of mouth thing where it was like we need a bass player and someone knew someone. And and again, we met her and it was just it, it was like that rush of we tried playing together for the first time, which is such a funny thing now. Like, it's so adorable imagining us in a room, not really knowing each other, being like, okay, like, is this going to work, you know? And just that feeling of... Is that harder than people think that don't play instruments? Everyone is great at what they do individually, and you put them in their room. That is difficult to get everyone to be cohesive. Well, it's more just, it's nerves. Like, especially meeting, it's meeting someone for the first time and being like, okay, now we're going to watch. You know, they're nervous. That makes you nervous. (laughs) You feel bad. They're nervous. You're just like, well, if this doesn't work, then we're kind of fucked. So I hope this like sounds good. (laughs) But then it was that, that like magical feeling of everything just sinking and being so much better than ever and feeling just so right. So, yeah. Uh, were you guys doing a lot of shows, whether it's the Roxy or Troubadour or clubs all over Southern California before a lot of people knew who you guys were as a band? Oh, yeah. I mean, not even the Roxy or Troubadour. A lot of like DIY, like oh. parties and house shows and stuff like that. Setting your own so stuff fun. up, driving it there, that whole thing, right? Yeah, which was awesome. My dad was actually like tour managing us for a while. Oh, really? Okay. Helping us out. And that was so, so nice of him and, and honestly so fun for us. He just drove us around in his little minivan. And um, we did that for a really long time. And 
I loved it. We did a whole tour that was like super DIY and playing like house party type stuff. And like, that was so fun. People in those environments are also just so nice and inspiring and do so many different creative things. Oh, and so cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. I know. It was really cool. And then was there a, uh, was there a moment where it went from, okay, you're doing it totally DIY and playing these shows, not even at the Roxy or Troubadour, yeah. Yeah. where someone said, hold on a minute. Yeah. This group of four people right here yeah. is awesome. We got to take them to the next level. How and where? I think it, it really happened naturally because that, like we, you're not even aware of it while it's happening because it's more just like you go on a tour and you play to like 10 people, 15 people in these small shows and tiny bars or whatever. And then the next time you're out on the road, we had a booking agent and we just naturally were playing to more people every time we went back which was like it never that never gets old like still to this day when we play a show and it's more people than last the last time we played in that city it's it's you're visually getting to see that there's growth happening and that people right. care more and more and it's so it kind of just happened through that like just playing a lot and we played at the echo a ton um that was like the next level up which was so cool we played at the smell a bunch too yeah um I, I love LA venues. Like I love all those venues a lot. They have a certain smell and a look and a vibe. They do. And <laughs> the, the smell. The second you walk yeah. in, even if you're not the person on stage, yeah, you know something exciting is about to happen. Oh yeah, because this the whiff you get. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are having fun here. <laughs> um, you mentioned your dad. He was a guy who has an entrepreneurial and creative spirit from yeah. DJs and directing and yeah. doing clubs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, is he still fairly active in your life and going to your shows and that sort oh, of yeah. thing? Oh yeah. I oh, live cool. like five minutes away from oh, you him do? and I see him all the time. He's like my favorite person ever. Yeah. He's amazing. And he's so inspiring too. Like, cause like what you said, he's just always done exactly what he wants to do and backed himself and that has worked out really well for him. Right. Yeah. Were you born in LA? I was born in New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, but then I moved to Santa Monica, and I grew up in Santa Monica, um, which was incredible. And then I moved to um, East L.A., like, for high school when I was 13. Okay. Yeah. And what was the name of that first band you were in that went to South by Southwest? Oh, oh. that was in my first band, actually. That was oh. Pretty Little Demons. Oh, Pretty Little Demons. Yes. Yes, And we okay. went to South by... And that was how old were you when you went to South by Southwest? I think I was 12. Okay. Can't just say we can't sweep (laughs) this under the rug because this is a really big deal. You're 12 years old. You're in this band. band. Yes. I think we were. I don't know if that's been beaten now. Yeah. And Lydia, you guys had real songs. Yeah. This wasn't like, oh, I played with my Legos. Now I eat an Oreo. Like, you guys had. What 12 year old is doing that, though? I I have no idea. (laughs) I mean, but uh, you guys went to South by Southwest. What? I mean, if you can just kind of bring back any memories or just, do you have any feelings of what that was like now as we sit here today? I mean, we were touring. Like, I think we did South by twice. I think we did, we were on the road. Like, we we were doing it, which was crazy. Um, and it was just so fun because it was just like, you don't care when you're that age. Like you're not worried about how many people showed up to the show, like any sort of logic of, you just have, and I, I, this sounds silly too, coming from a 21 year old, like I am still very young and have a lot of time for different things to happen in my career and life. But at that time, especially you're like, I'm 12. Like I don't want <laughs> to like, I don't need to be successful right now. Like I don't need to be paying bills. Like right. I'm just chilling with my friend playing music and people like it. And it's cool. You just, it felt really cool. <laughs> and that was only 
nine years ago. Yeah. That's not that long ago. Who are some artists, whether it's that time or as we've rolled into 2021 here, that you admired or were inspired by either by yeah. the way they carried themselves creatively or just kind of how they went about their business every day? Interesting. I We play with this band Summer Twins a lot. That was like in L.A., um, these sisters that were just so, so cool and like were always so welcoming and really believed in us as a band and like helped us out a lot. They were awesome. Um, Peaches oh, wow, had us yes. open for her. Wow. And that was so cool. Like Peaches is one of the coolest people, nicest people I've ever met. And that was amazing. <laughs> Being like a 12-year-old opening for someone singing about yeah. their pussy was really funny <laughs> and amazing. <laughs> That was cool. <laughs> um, after Pretty Little Demons, yeah. or maybe it was happening simultaneously, Ryan Gosling reached out to you? That was before. Oh, yeah. that was before that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dead Man's Bones? Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How did was, that come about? I know you've probably been asked it a million times, but no, you never told no. me directly. I know. It's a wild thing. It wasn't Ryan Gosling directly okay. reaching out as cool as that would <laughs> be to flex right now. It was actually my dad's old assistant's kids were in this choir that sang with Dead Man's Bones and they asked, um, they like needed new kids and I was like, I'll do it. That sounds so fun. Nor Also at that time, like I did not know about Ryan Gosling. Like I knew he was some actor and that was it. But I just really liked the music they were making. Like they made such good music and um, it just sounded fun because my friends were doing it. And it wasn't until we played FYF that I kind of started to understand how famous this guy was and how much people cared. Yeah. And then, of course, like years later, The Notebook became my favorite movie. And I was like, wow, that was cool. Like, yeah. That was really cool. But it was so awesome. Like even just being in a choir and, and working with and watching these guys like be down to have a bunch of kids sing with them and do backups and the commitment to their live show was so cool and inspiring. And what did he do? Play guitar and sing Played or everything? Oh, that guy really? plays everything and he sings. It was him and this guy, Zach, and they both sang and played a bunch of instruments and they're just both like ridiculously talented. Like I had no idea. And has he been to any of your shows in the last three years? Do you know? Does no, he know that you, Lydia Knight, know. were part of that operation and I now have you're sitting no here today? Idea. I haven't talked to him. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I wouldn't even want to go up if I saw him. I'm like too embarrassed. Now that I've like seen the notebook, I'm like, I can't, I can't talk to this guy. Yeah, maybe one day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I put this out. Um, yes, this is our the little Regrets case. Monday promo. Yeah. Do you know what's in here? I know. I do know what's in there. Okay, you do know because you look concerned. <laughs> I, well, I'm not concerned. I just want to. So there's this Stress right here. Ball. Yes. Okay. Yeah. For Mondays and other days. Right. Yeah. This is the stress ball for Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got, is this, this is the sleep mask, yes. right? Yes. Can I open this? Fully? Yeah. Okay. This is all yours. I'm going to sleep so, so well. Huh? Oh my God. Of course it is. Yeah. And then we've got to keep some notes for mm-hmm. Monday, right? Yeah. It's so cute. I haven't actually seen this in person yet. You haven't? No. Oh yeah. The pen is the coolest part. It has hand sanitizer on the back. Oh my God. That's a great idea. Isn't that cool? Let me make a quick note if you don't Okay. Mind. Okay. Make your Lydia note. Knight <laughs> rules. Wow. Oh, yeah. Ted. Yes. <laughs> I'm, keep, I'm keeping that right there. All right. Further joy. We already know the title of this album. We do. Isn't okay. it further joy? It is that. Right. <laughs> I'm like, when is this coming out? Right. So again, just yeah. to reiterate, 
The, we don't know the date yet for the album, but yeah. what does Further Joy mean to you? And does that uh, represent the theme to a bunch of different songs? Yeah, I mean, Further Joy was something that... So during a Zoom session, actually, with my friend Mikey, um, he was reading this book called Further Joy, which I have now read, and it's awesome. And um, it I don't remember why... I don't even think I realized what he like read me a little excerpt from it for like inspiration for whatever we were writing about. But, but that those two words, like further joy just stuck in my head and I couldn't stop thinking about that kind of encompassing this feeling I had been feeling of like spending so much time and especially during the pandemic because I was on my phone so fucking much, but also just in life in general, I was in this period of time where I felt like there's so much um, like, What's the what's the word where uh, it's like bat toxic positivity? Okay, or whatever. I felt yes. like it was there was so much um, on the internet. Like there's such a thing right now of of being like that girl or like I don't know if you're on TikTok and see all this shit of like these people being so into wellness and health and and like waking up at six a.m. and writing down you know meditating and then doing writing down my list of my gratitude list and then doing going for a walk with my dogs and then making my fucking (laughs) celery juice and hot water with lemon or whatever. And you see that and you're like, Oh fuck. Like I need to do that. Like I'll be happy if I do that. Like, okay, they're, they, they feel good about themselves. Like I want to feel good about myself. Do they really feel good about themselves? I don't know. And maybe, maybe they do. And that's awesome. And, and I've, I've totally like found and picked up habits that have, you know, self care habits that do really work for me. And I love journaling and I love, you know, it's, it's just different for every person. And this is not to shit on those people who that works for. But I think we're at a time where there's so much pressure to be happy and to be content. And everyone, or I think a lot of people during the pandemic and during lockdown, there was so much just, yeah, hyper-focus on, like, we need to be present. We need to feel good. Like, you know, whatever. And that was, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I felt that way. Um, And so I think that this concept of, like, being on a, almost a hamster wheel of something of chasing joy and chasing this perfect sense of self and feeling in tune with yourself is what was causing me to feel miserable because I couldn't mm. get there. And I wasn't, you know, like, wow. I think a lot of people also who struggle with mental illness, like, like literally just can't get to that place without help and without therapy or without whatever, whatever they need or medication or whatever. And so for me, I just felt so much pressure to be happy and felt you know, I was in my nice house and like in a very comfortable situation and could afford to get tested and do all these things, but was so like just unbelievably anxious and miserable. And I had so much guilt. So it felt like this constant just wheel. And so further joy to me, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that feels like it embodies like this sort of like light at the end of the tunnel that you can never actually get is this like joy in the future that that's not it's if you can't be happy like currently and find the way to do it currently, then chasing it isn't going to get you anywhere. What you just said makes you want to explore every single lyric to every single new song that we are going to hear. That makes me happy. You wow. should. You That's should. so good. Did you, and you don't have to tell me if you don't want, but no, did you no. f- uh, try to find out what caused all your anxiety and yes. all the mental, was it a therapy and has it yeah. helped you at all? Yeah. I mean, I've been in therapy for a lot of my life. Like I started when I was little, um, cause of stuff going on with my parents and then I just stuck with it and was pretty much have been in therapy on and off since I was like eight or something. 
maybe even seven. And so I, but I realized that the therapy I started that I was doing for a while just became kind of passive and became, I was able to just get away with or leave out things. Um, So I decided to feeling. Yes. Yeah. And I loved my therapist a lot, but I felt like I needed a new sort of push. So I worked with, now I'm working with a new therapist and it felt like such a smart action on my end of just having that reset of someone holding me really accountable and having to like re go back through my trauma and my childhood and all kinds of shit. Cause it's really easy um, to just start focusing on like external day to day things. So that has been really helpful. And I, you know, was diagnosed with um, multiple things that, you know, with anxiety and depression and um, that was really validating to actually know what the hell was going on mm. in my brain. Cause right. I was feeling like I was just going fucking crazy for like a year. So, um, and it made, it just made a lot of things make sense and OCD like I've had since I was really little and like, it just all started to like tie together and make sense. So I'm still doing a lot of work in all of those, you know, I think I always will be doing work, but doing a lot right now, but I definitely feel like so much better. Good for you. Such a better place. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I, I'm yeah. sure you realize this, but maybe not. And I've said it a couple of times because it's kind of like a theme, the way I view you from the outside yeah. of your band. You inspire people. Uh, it doesn't matter the gender, rate, whatever, where you come. It's like very much inspirational thank you of, of course thank you yeah yeah i mean i hope i really think that this album it's it goes there it goes to those really really dark places that are uncomfortable but i there's a lot of things i think a lot of our fans and new fans will really connect with which is what empowers me to even want to put it out you know you feel good being a leader and a role model yeah, really good. I mean, there's, yeah, how can you not? Like, knowing that people, I mean, being a, a role model is, like, I think it used to make me a little more nervous once we started getting a little more attention or I got more followers on Instagram and stuff. I yeah. started, uh, there was a definitely a period of time where I was like, uh-oh, like, anything I post, I was overthinking, and now I'm so, I try, I know who I am. I'm a great person, and I, you. like, can share that, you know. That's great. Yeah. All right. Um, are you guys going to play Coachella 2022? Yes. You are? We are. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good, 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 Not good, good. Not yet, but we are. Excellent. Yeah, I'm so excited. All right. And Wallows is playing my boyfriend's band, yeah. and a oh, bunch of our Wallace. friends like are playing, so it's going to be so fun. Oh, that's great news. <laughs> I know. Okay. I'm stoked. And then as we sit here today, I know of two shows in Southern California that you're yes, doing. Yes. Are there going to be a zillion more after that if you guys so. feel safe, or is, yeah. it, is that what it is, if you guys feel safe mentally and are ready to do it, or are there other circumstances? Yeah, I think there's a lot of circumstances, but we're doing the, these shows right now and a couple, I think, holiday shows, and then and then next year is where we're kind of going to like hit it hard. Okay. So All right. these are warm ups, like baby steps, baby steps back in. Okay. Yeah. We will be there supporting you. Ah, oh, that'd be so cool. Please. And we're going to just kind of wrap it right there, I guess. Amazing. Yeah. Further Tuna joy. On toast. Tuna on toast. Tuna on toast. Tuna on toast. Further joy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh my God. The incredible Lydia Knight. Thank you guys so much for listening and or watching. I am Stryker. See you guys next time. Yay. Oh. Yeah, that was fun. So easy. That's another episode of Strikers Tuna on Toast. Promise it'll get better. Most likely. For sure. <laughs> <laughs>